Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day -day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. This is the Berkhamsted Spotlight, the podcast showcasing a remarkable community. I'm so pleased you're here because it's the new year and this episode features Richard Backhouse, principal at Berkhamsted. Now, the last time Richard featured on the Berkhamsted Spotlight was back in April 2021. And in that time, quite a bit has changed. We're going to find out what some of those things are that have changed. And we're going to find out some of the upcoming changes we can expect in the next 12 months. But I also throw Richard a couple of challenging questions, which, given that he had no insight into what I was about to ask, makes his responses all the more remarkable. Anyway, all that's coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we speak to the principal, Richard Backhouse. Richard, thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, looking forward to speaking with you again. It seems both a long time ago and almost yesterday when we last spoke. Well, it does feel like yesterday in many ways. I mean, it was actually just over a year and a half ago, I think, since we last spoke. And here we are recording this episode in December, but actually this episode is going to be coming out at the start of January. So actually we're going to be in a very different place in, in the start of January than where we are right now, just before Christmas. So this might feel a bit strange to ask you this question now, but what are your plans for Christmas and what are your plans for January? So just a quiet Christmas at home. My son will be with us, but my daughter, having got married 18 months ago, is having her first Christmas with the in-laws. So it'll be a slightly uh, different Christmas for us without one of our children for, uh, I think, the first time. So it'll be slightly strange from that point of view. But uh, we will aim to have a, a lovely, quiet time. Uh, and then going away for New Year, we're going to go to Switzerland for, for a few days. Lovely, lovely. Well, by the time this comes out, all of that will have happened. So uh, I'll, I'll switch to past tense. I hope you had a good time in that case. Now, Richard, just uh, tell us a couple of things about what a school principal tends to get up to. We're, like I say, we're recording this in December. It's Tuesday afternoon. Is there a typical Tuesday for a school principal? Uh, no, I don't think any day is typical. Um <laughs> I think Harold Millen was once asked what the difficult bit about being Prime Minister was, and his response to the young journalist who asked him was, events, dear boy, events. <laughs> a lot of what I do is is driven by things that are going on, interactions between people, uh, the, the need to uh, replace good people when they move on, the need to be looking for good people to come into the school, uh, managing and developing good people. So all those things uh, are, are inherently unpredictable at times. And at the same time, I'm trying to look around uh, corners and over the horizon so that I can see some of the things that are coming and prepare the school to meet those challenges. And that is also um, inherently, I think, unpredictable. But then so is our world. So um, that's that's life. And how do you get the balance right between responding to things that are happening around school, but also being able to take a step back and think to yourself, you know, right, what what is the right thing to do for the school over the next 12, 24, 36 months? It's a, a really good question. It's not easy. Uh, I think the the honest answer is constantly trying to keep an eye on the balance between those two things constantly checking that the diary gives you an opportunity both to manage the present really well and to look to the future really well. That's just, um, uh, it sounds very dull, but that's diary management and it's a key part of uh, the qualities that are needed for my job. 
I also have a brilliant PA who helps me to do that um, and make sure that my uh, optimism is balanced with a degree of realism in terms of what I can fit in in a day. Okay, so let's just jump back to a moment to when we last spoke. In April 2021, the world was in a very, very different place to where it is now, just specifically regarding the pandemic, of course. Tell me about the journey that you've been on since then. What things have you gone through yourself? What journey has the school gone through in that time? Well, for my part, in April 21, I was about a quarter of the way through a challenge I'd set myself uh, to row a million metres in oh, 2021. Yes. Uh, so um, I finished on November the 14th, 2021. I finished with a half marathon. It's an hour and 36 minutes. And I haven't sat on a rowing machine since, I'm sorry to say. So <laughs> it's probably about time I made friends with my rowing machine again and started to get fit again. Uh, so that was my personal journey, a, a million metres without moving outside my garage. In terms of the school, I guess it's been a period of uh, recovering things that we had taken for granted as part of our normal, but valuing them and particularly enjoying them as we've recovered them. Uh, things like uh, this year, uh, a prize day with 2,000 people in a marquee celebrating the climactic end to uh, a year group's um, time at school, uh, celebrating the achievements of, the, of uh, all the pupils over the course of the year uh, being together and watching pupils comparing that brilliantly, as they always do. Uh, a return to normal levels of sport and music and drama, being able to put lots of people in the theatre. Mm. Um, actually, just this week, we have our first school play that hasn't been significantly disrupted by um, the pandemic intruding on rehearsal schedules. Mm. Those elements of what we used to consider normal, I think losing them for a while means that recovering them has been so much sweeter. It's been an opportunity to uh, really enjoy things that maybe we'd all got used to being normal. Uh, and there's a tinge of sadness to all of that, of course, because there is a generation of pupils who didn't have a school play in their final year or didn't have a, an autumnal sports season in their final year. Uh, and I'm still deeply regretful for those pupils, but I'm celebrating for the recovery of those things for today's pupils and I hope tomorrow's. So what are some of the things that are positive outcomes from the pandemic? Because clearly there, there, there was a lot of negative in there, but quite often people say, well, you know, one of the good things about the pandemic is that we're now doing such and such in a different way. Are there any examples of that within Berkhamsted? From a personal point of view, I, I attend a lot of meetings with other heads uh, and um, governance meetings, which don't require me to travel. Uh, because I can sit at my desk and attend a meeting with people from all over the UK. Mm -hmm. From the point of view of sharing good practice and uh, being able to contribute towards the representation of our sector uh, politically, those things have been really positive. Inside the school, I think we've learned to use technology more effectively. Uh, we're continuing to try to do that and get the balance of technology uh, use right in the present day, but continue to harness all the things we learnt about effective use of IT in pedagogy and in communication. So I think those have been really good. And then just, rem as I said earlier, remembering to enjoy the times when we are doing things in person, in real life, uh, live and all together. Still seems a little strange sometimes to have masses of people in one indoor space. There are occasions uh, when I still remember that we haven't had an uninterrupted uh, period of enjoying that. So th there's still a sense of savouring things, I think, and, and the additional gratitude that that, that savouring brings, I think, is valuable. 
Um, but mainly, I'm very glad not to be back in lockdowns and to have a school full of pupils. Now, one of the things that we often ask people on these on these podcast episodes is what their remarkable moment has been at Berkhamsted. Thinking about all aspects of school life, what would you say that some of the remarkable moments have been over the last year and a half? I think I'd have to go back to the prize day 2022. We had the largest marquee we've ever had. It was absolutely packed. Uh, it was hosted as ever by the senior prefects who got up and did the, the job of the, the host and compare with uh, real style and superb skills, the confidence and the, the, the willingness to engage with an audience and not just deliver a script. Uh, seeing senior pupils achieve that level of uh, maturity and skill and, and confidence, I think, is, is wonderful. That would be my, my number one. Mm. But also, um, at the end of the school play last year, seeing the chorus that moment when the whole cast comes to the front of the stage to take a bow and uh, a theatre absolutely full of um, uh, of people is clapping as hard as they can. Um, those moments of, of celebration of effort and skill and teamwork, uh, I think, are, are very wonderful. And uh, school play again this week. I'm looking forward to that moment uh, at the end of the performance when the whole cast comes to the front of the stage once again. And we, we have a similar celebration of all that talent hard work and teamwork. I think I think it's fabulous. What's not to enjoy in that? It's enough to give you a lump in your throat, I'm sure. Um, you mentioned confidence in there a couple of times. How do you ensure that pupils in a school like Berkhamsted uh, are built up with levels of confidence without touching on areas of arrogance? It's a great question. I, I think our, our values are our touchstone in all things, and they are to aim high with integrity be adventurous and serve others. And I think both the integrity and serving others earth uh, the growing confidence in remembering uh, how one's own conduct is affecting the people around and remembering uh, to look out for people who are not as confident in any one moment. I think uh, when I see our students go out on service day and at the end of the summer term, uh, doing lots of things for the local community, I see a way in which their confidence is being balanced with a concern for others that will make them the kind of people who are enjoyable to be around and confidence-giving because they're full of confidence, uh, but who are wise enough and considerate enough to see what I think the army calls the human terrain mm. and um, to behave in a way which is thoughtful. You mentioned their integrity. Um, somebody said famously uh, that integrity is doing the right thing when no one is watching. Uh, I think some people attribute that to C.S. Lewis. Uh, whether or not it was C.S. Lewis, I'm not too sure. But is that the kind of thing that you're talking about at Berkhamsted? Yes, it, it is. I, I once heard a 17-year-old giving a talk uh, to a school define integrity as when your actions and your beliefs come into line so mm. uh, completely. And he held up the, the, his hands uh, so they overlap completely, so, so that you cannot see the difference between one and the other. Mm. Uh, and I, when I'm defining integrity to pupils, I do the same gestures with my hands and I use almost the same words. It's one of those moments, many moments, when uh, one reflects that I've come to school and I'm learning from the pupils. Um, it's so often the case that young people, I think, teach us or remind us of the really important truths about um, how we want to live well. 
And you also mentioned then about serving others as another one of the values. And uh, I can remember when this podcast channel was first set up, one of the objectives was to be able to communicate with the local community in a much better way. Um, does the school still embark on areas of serving others within the community? Yes, we have links with a huge number of charities locally and uh, local community groups from the British Legion, Chamber of Commerce, all those uh, organisations which make a, a community feel like a community and not just a town where disconnected people live. Um, we co-sponsor a multi-academy trust. Uh, we have a large bursary programme. We work with the schools from which those some of those bursary pupils come. So yeah, we have huge uh, list of partnerships and engagement in the local community. Um, in fact, uh, the, one of the senior prefects from a couple of years ago reflected on the way in which all that activity was reminding him about the importance of gratitude uh, and of appreciating the start he had had in life and the opportunities the school gave him. And I think that's one of the benefits of serving others, is it reminds us of the, uh, the things we have to be grateful for. Gratitude, I think, is a really critical part of, of, of being well. And of course, post-pandemic, a, a focus on being well and thinking about how to be well uh, has been really important because necessarily those two periods of lockdown had a big effect on uh, the ability of many people to sustain that sense of well-being in their lives. And that's been something that has been very important that we work on ever since. That's good to hear that. OK, so let's look to the future then. 2023, what's in, what's, in, what's in store for the school during this year? I think there are lots of exciting things coming up. At a visible level, we are waiting for the last planning condition to be satisfied so that we can uh, see our new sit form building right out of the earth, uh, the site where uh, I once used to live. Uh, we're looking forward to a uh, landscaping pro project that will give our prep school children a much uh, larger area to run around and enjoy green space. And then there are things that we're doing around uh, training and development of uh, people, which uh, I think the constant joy in being in an organisation which has as its uh, strapline developing remarkable people is the anticipation of all that development, of seeing the potential being um, realised in people. That That's the exciting thing. Unpredictable, but exciting as well. So I guess um, uh, the obvious visible thing is property, but the exciting thing is people and seeing their development always. Okay, so let's look at the first of those then. The sixth form building, what can people expect in the future if all the planning comes through? That building creates an environment which is... Uh, a cross between a university library and an open plan, modest, uh, modern, I should say, office working space so that pupils can begin to experience the kind of environment that they will uh, be going on to from school. Uh, it'll be a hugely flexible space. Uh, it'll be uh, a space that facilitates discussion and collaborative learning. Uh, it'll be a space with uh, um, an area in it for entrepreneurs amongst our pupils and former pupils. Uh, it will facilitate a more grown-up, uh, independent experience for our sit formers. I, I think that will be hugely positive. And then when it comes to them taking exams, all the walls on one wing will be uh, rolled back and they will be able to take exams in space that's familiar to them, temperature controlled, lit really well, and which helps them to do their very best in, in, uh, in their public exams. I, I think it's going to be a fabulous place to be in. I think it's going to facilitate a social experience and a an ambitious experience for our pupils as they go through their sit form years. 
And then looking at the younger pupils in school, you mentioned about the landscaping project. What's that all about? So one side of our prep school has land that's difficult to use at the moment, has some steep drops on it and it's sloping. And the landscaping project will bring that into use as, as green, grassed play space, but with hedges and plants uh, and flowers and little vegetable areas and herb beds and so on, uh, in a way which gives a really uh, green and a rural sense to the to the prep school uh, uh, site. At the moment, a lot of the areas that the children have to play on are relatively hard in their landscaping, and we're really looking forward to the soft uh, landscape and the effect that has on young people, their ability to enjoy being outside in green space. There's so much research at the moment that's telling us how good that is for people, and we're looking forward to seeing that being brought into uh, the prep school and the children enjoying it. And then talking about the people, the the, uh, the the next level down, when you talk about training development of people, the staff within Berkhamsted, obviously we know that training people is a good thing to do, but why is training important from your point of view? I think it's terribly important if, if children are going to learn well for them to have learning role models. So I think teachers who are continuing to learn can demonstrate learning to pupils as well as uh, doing their teaching. I think that creates an environment in which, because everyone is learning something, there's an openness and a community endeavour. I, I think one election slightly spoiled the, the phrase, we're all in this together. Uh, but I do think that schools work best when there's a sense of everyone being in it together and of a collaboration, everyone being on the same side rather than there being different sides. I think reminding teachers what it's like to learn is also a key part of helping them to sustain uh, freshness and enthusiasm for their teaching. So I think uh, for, for the community, for the well-being and for the professional development uh, benefits, it's a really helpful way to approach school life and it, it has great results, I believe. One of the things I, I see in the media being talked about more and more so uh, regarding the independent school sector is diversity. Um, and it's it's an area which I, I know that Berkhamsted is excelling in. But how do you see diversity having changed over the last 10 years, for example? And how do you see it changing over the next 10 years? I think the difficulty in reflecting on the past is that if things have got much better, and I think they have got much better, that's not a reason for things not to get much better still. Uh, I think when I look back 10 years, I think, although we didn't, realise it necessarily at the time, we were not in a very good place. And I, and I wasn't at Berkhamsted then, but I think I mean uh, secondary schools um, and uh, primary schools, which I know uh, have known in the past less well, independent schools. I'm not sure that those environments were in a terribly good place with respect to diversity and inclusion 10 years ago. I think things are better now, but I think we still have a long way to go in contemporary society to make sure that inclusion is done well across the board. I think a lot of that has to be led in schools so that young people are helped to uh, gr grow and flourish with positive attitudes towards diversity and inclusion. Uh, and I think that's an area of, um, should be an area of focus for all schools uh, in the immediate future. The things we know that schools, including Berkhamsted, need to do better. That's partly about listening to pupils and to colleagues uh, and allowing those who are relatively voiceless to have a voice so that we can hear what the school, the world feels like uh, to those who have less social power. Therefore, as a candidly, as a middle-aged 
white man in a uh, in a in a private school, I I think it's really important that I'm listening because um, I, I'm not a person who's immediately intuitively going to understand what all those issues are, and it's important that I'm reading around that area and that I'm listening to people listening to people so that we can make sure that we are all focused on doing the right things to make things better as as they need to be. It's interesting that you mentioned about yourself being a middle-aged white man who's who's running a school like Berkhamsted. I mean if you if you look at the entire independent school sector and this might be a fairly challenging kind of question for for me to ask and for you to answer but there does seem to be an abundance of of middle-class white Oxbridge educated uh, people who are running these schools and I don't know what the future is within that and whether there's a tendency to continue for well for schools to continue to recruit people with that kind of background. I think it has to change. It's as simple as that. Um, we cannot continue in the way that we have gone on in the past. Uh, the future needs to be different. Uh, I have sat on the HMC, that's our association of 300 schools. I've sat on the diversity and inclusion panel for that. Um, there was a stage where I remember I couldn't go to one of the meetings and I sent my apologies and they said, look, we'd really like you to join us online if you can't come in person because you're the only white man uh, who who is uh, involved in this. Um, and until then, I, I hadn't noticed that, but of, of course that was important. Mm. Uh, I think it's something that independent schools are getting better at. I think all independent schools face uh, challenges around change because change is always difficult mm. but uh, it's change that's absolutely necessary and it's really important that leaders committed to it if it's to if it's to happen uh, and there will be setbacks on the way that's usually the case with change but we need to be committed to going along the journey and reaching a destination which is a, a better place than where we are now uh, and I think we will need to go on learning uh, so that any a group of people who are currently being overlooked uh, are included more and more in, in the future. And it just seems to me axiomatic that everyone should be treated as having individual value as a human being in a school. Um, that value shouldn't be different for different kinds of people. There should be no prejudice or ill treatment of any uh, young or older person, for that matter. I, I aspire to school being a safe place for uh, all the people in that community. That's what I'm committed to and working on. And I'm sure all my colleagues would sign up to the same thing. I'm sure they would. Richard, I'm keeping an eye on time, but I've got one last question I'm just going to sneak in. Given that you mentioned change just now, how would you like to change yourself personally over the next 12 months? I'd like not to get any older, Simon. I'm at the age <laughs> where no, not aging further would be very nice. No more grey hairs, maybe. I think... Uh, there are areas in my professional development that I would like to address. Um, some of that is about being one's best self every day and in every moment of every day, rather than just at the best moment of the best day. So I think I, I am eager to be uh, more consistently at my best, better at consistently listening, consistently being patient, being uh, decisive consistently, and being consistent with my decisions. I think if one stops yearning to be better at what one's doing, then it might have, might be time to stop uh, and do something else. I, I still think there's learning I've got left to do. I'm reading books around um, leadership and about management and about education and enjoying uh, continuing to be educated in those areas myself. I'm committed to my own professional development. I guess that's my modelling to pupils that I'm learning 
uh, as well as to my colleagues. I, I, I think we can all learn together. Also, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm learning from young people as well as from my colleagues. Uh, I think schools are tremendously exciting places because I think learning is exciting. Well, I'd better leave you to get back to that in that case. But Richard, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you being here and talking to us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Really nice to talk with you again, Simon. So that was Principal Richard Backhouse coming to us from the other side of Christmas and New Year earlier in December. Richard, thank you for spending time with us and for being so open in our discussion. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.